Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. Welcome back to the Westworld Theorycast. Today you have the cleanup decks coming together to close out the week. My name is Gina, and my co-hosts are Brett and Jenny. We are the cleanup techs. We round up the trash, the missed pieces, things undisclosed, and perhaps things that are completely wrong. But we've been asked to tidy things up as best we can do. Today, we'll be discussing Westworld Season 4, Episode 4, Generation Loss. So, how you doing, Brett? I am doing so wonderful. I am so excited to talk about this episode i gotta say this was my favorite episode of the season so far me and too there's something about whenever there's a fidelity test in a westworld episode it just shoots up my my ranking <laughs> like something <laughs> always catches me off guard it always gives me some chills so i'm and so i'm really looking forward to digging into caleb digging into mave I think there's a connection between Bernard and Christina that I want to get. I got a lot of theories and basically nice. I just got a lot of questions and a lot I want to talk about today. So I'm really looking forward to it. Sounds good. Jenny, how are you doing? I have had a rough day, but it is so much better now that I am here with y'all to talk about this awesome episode of Westworld. I don't know if it was my favorite, but it did kind of almost feel like a, like if they were having a pause for a couple of weeks, it felt almost like a mid-season finale, you know what I mean? Because we are right at the middle of the season and it feels like they tied up a bunch of things and gave us a whole lot of new stuff to uh, theory theorize I can't talk theorize about so I'm excited to get into this with you two this evening all right well sounds sounds good I think something we all want to talk about and this has been in a weird way kind of a guiding structure for the season so far is that Rehoboam timeline from season three and where we're at in it and I think we, I think we have a lot of clues now and we can kind of figure out where we're at. Um, Brett, do you want to, and, and we, they talked about this a little bit on the deep dive with um, Andy and Axel and, and Zax, but Brett, do you want to kind of go into where we discussed in terms of where we actually think we are at this point? Well, it's interesting that the timeline uses that, uh, amount of time of 23 years exactly to describe when the population collapse occurs after Rehoboam's shutdown. And then we hear um, Halebot tell Caleb that it has been 23 years since he died at, at that location uh, at the Temperance Park. But that doesn't quite add up um, on the surface because we know it's been seven years since the revolution plus 23 years. So it seems like the Caleb 
uh, Hailbot timeline would have been 30 years beyond or past the point that Rehoboam was shut down, um, which could mean that either the projection was is slightly wrong because it could be because it's just a projection, or it could be that we're actually beyond the population collapse already, but that doesn't mean that we're necessarily beyond the point of no return, as uh, Akacheta mentioned, um, the point where you can't reverse it, that civilization is doomed. We're, we're not necessarily beyond that point. So there's a couple of different ways that we can interpret that, I think. So I'm kind of thinking if it is the 30 years, and if we take into consideration a couple of the things that were said, it does make sense that the population collapse has probably already happened. Um, and I think it actually goes back to the title of this episode, Generation Loss, because it sounds like the fly virus was unsuccessful in implanting itself in adults and perhaps they, adults met their demise when the flies tried to invade them. And so that would have wiped out potentially a whole generation. I mean, we know it took a whole generation for, for Charloris's fly plan to, to come into play, but it would make sense that she's probably wiped out at least one or two generations before that if the virus just didn't take in them and it kind of led to their self-destruction or, or destruction. So that, that could potentially be mm -hmm. the population collapse. I mean, have we seen any children? Um, like, like in, in, for example, like if we, so we will be discussing this later, but you know, where Caleb winds up does look similar to where Christina is. And in Christina's little world, which may be the mirror world, maybe a simulation, maybe a park, but there aren't any children, at least not that I've seen. So a population collapse also, like, I think that part of the population collapse was as a result of the people, the adults being flied and it not taking and um, the children being flied and it taking, but then they're whatever the tower is telling them, uh, it's not telling them to procreate. That could be for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. of course you would then have a population collapse if the young people are not having any more children. So, but then, that makes, you know, yeah. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense, Jenny. Um, it's just strange that that 23 year, like it really know, is, it really is was mm -hmm. used, but it not, it's not necessarily related to what's on the projection. And also, you know, they're not reliable narrators as I, I don't know if you mentioned after we started recording or if that was in our before recording, but we can't even be sure that uh, Shaloris is um, telling the truth to, to Caleb that, you know, he died there 23 years ago because she does kind of pause before she says it. Like, was she just pulling that number out of thin air? It doesn't seem likely for our story anyway. But um, it, but did. She it was definitely very, could be lying. <laughs> it was very weird the way, um, let's see, I jotted it down here. She asked, or he asked, how long has it been? And Halebot said, for you, and had a pause. 
uh, 23 years since you died here. It's almost like she was trying to clarify his question, but it seemed like a pretty straightforward question. So it could be, I wonder what she was clarifying. If maybe she's brought back other Caleb's at different times or, or oh. um, maybe, maybe his concept of time is malleable somehow. I think Thaxton touched on this in the deep dive too. Like, it, it, we're not sure when, when the clock started on that 23 years necessarily. Right, so but we, she we, did say since you died here. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, taken literally, it's I think it's been about 30 years. But it was very strange. I, I felt like it was very strange that exchange that they had, the way that she paused. Well, I have a really big tinfoil hat theory that we can either talk about now or, or later. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But there is something about, I guess I'll just spill it now because I think Go it's ahead. kind of ridiculous. But Great. I was thinking as I was listening to the deep dive pod today that there was something about the, the whole mention of the stinger at the end of season two came up where... William MIB is having a fidelity test and it's actually his, a host of his daughter giving him the fidelity test. Mm -hmm. um, Should we call her Emma Loris? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, it was kind of strange. I'm like, why do we keep talking about that? And now I'm kind of thinking, what if, because we know we've got cryogenic William, on ice, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. we imagine if it's 23 years past the time we saw him on ice, he's probably still on ice somewhere. Right. What mm -hmm. if, what if Charloris put him into like a deep freeze, no pun intended, but for the whole time, like maybe she's not constantly waking him up, but maybe she woke him up again. And it's been so long that she can almost lie to him about him being a host like she could say oh well you know this is a fidelity test blah 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 but really it's the original William and that kind of got me thinking well if if she could do that she could do that to Caleb too like maybe he actually lived and they just stuck him in deep freeze for 23 years and she decided to wake him up now or maybe she just wakes him up every so often to like fuck with him um ah, but okay. i thought wouldn't that be interesting <laughs> but i i think it's very far-fetched i think it's it's probably <clears throat> but it's very far-fetched but not entirely out of the question considering the way the show right right goes. right so to go to like kind of feed on that is I was, I mentioned to you <clears throat> before we started recording, hold on a second. Sorry, my throat's really dry. Um, that uh, I had wondered when I initially was watching the scene where he wakes up and um, she's like, you fell asleep there for a moment and he still thinks it's the same time frame and then she's like those people those men weren't your men they were my men and she's like do you remember do you remember 
and this is where you died and he like has a flash of a memory but to me the way he was behaving was still like kind of how he had been behaving with the with the tower's effect on him since he had been flied um he was kind of you know just like his brain wasn't working right it was kind of like um not not the same but kind of like when he was on the um oh what was it called that 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 tab he took last season the um <laughs> oh what was it called it, like the limbic tab or whatever yeah but it was it was well, the like one that, oh, genre. Oh, genre the, the drug yeah that's right i was like what was it called oh i couldn't get it genre anyway you know it was kind of like in and out and in and out and i thought that maybe she was just lying to him and she like implanted that like moment that he like the flash that he had of the guy shooting him when he died but then i was like that would be too much to make me happy and so <laughs> that is not likely what is happening well that's probably that, that, really did die I, but well, I my, think she had she had to implant the memory of him dying because he's not gonna you're not gonna remember yourself dying right I mean, you can remember up to well i mean he would remember maybe. being shot is what i guess right yeah uh, i guess i guess possibly yeah but um i had wondered if if it was all so i don't know Let's just mush our two little tin foil hat theories together there, Gina. And maybe he was just being, it was the effect of the flies initially. And then it was, you know, him being brought out of cryo sleep or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. It could be. Because we know that's in play. And we know it's we in play. We can cross for... our fingers and hope. <laughs> that is interesting. We know um, it's in play for all the outliers too, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I we wonder. I think it is. If I like I like that theory, but what what would be the reason for her waking him up, um, or 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 you know freezing him and then and then waking him back up? To use as a weapon against his daughter, who's in the resistance. Okay, all right. I like. Or that. also because uh, to use against uh, uh, Dolores and Maeve. Okay. I mean, she literally says that line to him about, besides Maven Dolores, we're always so fond of you. I'm inclined to keep you around. See what all the fuss is about. I mean, literally keep mm -hmm. you around. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had, I actually wrote down my pedantic question of the day was, does Caleb have a red pearl, gray pearl, or a different tech, or does it matter? Hmm. And it seems like based on your theory, you're saying something totally different. You're saying he's actually, he doesn't have any kind of pearl in his head because he's still a human. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm saying that I would well, love that to be the case, <laughs> but I don't think that that's the case. <laughs> well, I I have a different theory that that I'm going to go down a little bit here. And I'm going to actually say, and I'm I'm going to rehash. This is not a new theory. I'm just bringing it back. I'm, I'm polishing it off a little bit. All I'm right. going to say that Caleb has been a hybrid the entire time that we've seen him. Um, I, I had a flash of that. For one of the first scenes we saw, or that first episode we saw him in in season one, when he was yeah. hired uh, through the Rico app to deliver a package. And after asking too many questions, he had a gun pointed at his head and he says, 
you think you're the first person to have a gun pointed at me? And the dude says, want to make it the first time you've been shot in the head? And he says, someone else beat you to that yes. too. Yes. And so, there's, there's always been something weird about Caleb from the beginning. I am totally with you on that, Brett. And to me, there's always been something totally weird about Christina's roommate, Maya, from the beginning, even though we've only had her around a few episodes. But True. Yeah. Caleb seems very compliant, like he goes along with whatever. And it's like, he seems to have a slight mind of his own. But for the most part, he just like he he finds someone and he just like follows them and does what what they want him to do. And that makes a a good soldier. Um, So maybe that's why he worked well with Maeve and Dolores as well, because he's a good soldier. He follows orders. Well, but. Yeah. Go suppose ahead, suppose he he was a hybrid going back that far. And I'm I'm actually going to mash multiple theories together because <laughs> I really like when Andy said, "Hey, what if Caleb is William's son?" because you know, we don't know William's last yeah, name. Yeah, that was that's that's that interesting. Be, what if both are true? Because suppose he mm-hmm. had a brain injury so severe that he was basically going to die. The only option would be to this experiment of a prosthetic brain. And he would have access to that if he happened to be William's son and William had already gone through the James Delos experiment. And I'm wondering if if William learns a couple of things from the Delos experiment about how he kept hitting a cognitive plateau. He was confined to this small apartment lab with a lack of stimulation. And he always really glitched out whenever he was told what he was. So maybe when he tried it on Caleb, first of all, he let him iron out the kinks in the real world and he never told him what he was. So he, his brain kept, you know, constant stimulation to work out any kinks. He never actually knew what he was and he, he was an outlier and he may have, William may have known, I don't know if this is true, but may have known that he was kind of going to be doomed to the outlier path of, you know, being becoming a soldier or whatever. And, um, you know, so if he does hit a cognitive plateau, no one's even going to notice if it happens during the course of a war, because there's all, all sorts of trauma anyway, within war. So it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure if I'm buying it, but I can see those two things working together. And also, furthermore, I'm just going to keep rolling with this. Yeah, yeah. Because, no. but if he has been a hybrid the whole time and he fathered a child while he was a hybrid, that he could be like the crown jewel for both humans and hosts. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. And the fact his success um, as a hybrid could be explained by the fact that he is an outlier because going back to going way back to season two system logan inside the forge said that typical humans can be written in about ten thousand lines of code uh when he gave that exposition um and perhaps it's the perfect fidelity that dooms these hybrids maybe james dellis was like too perfect of a copy and that is what doomed him but when you have like a, a slightly less than perfect fidelity copy, kind of like the comparison between Arnold and Bernard. Mm-hmm. It seems to work out much better. 
which would make outliers like the ideal candidates for being successful hybrids. So mm. I'm wondering if Hale brought him back. I'm just one more little piece of this theory. <laughs> Sorry. If Hale actually brought him back because she still can't access the Sector 16 data at Hoover Dam, but she can access Caleb because he already has this red pearl control unit in his head. So that, that's that's kind of her last resort for you know experimentation. And if she wanted to try to reverse engineer the tech, if she is actually interested in maybe the hosts one day being able to procreate, maybe this is like her, her path of experimentation. You know, there's something else that was said in this episode that goes along with this. Um, actually, a couple things. When she tells Caleb to shoot Maeve and instead he guns down MIB, she's like, how did you do that? No, she he, said, how did you disobey? Yes. <laughs> how did you disobey? <laughs> mm -hmm. And he says to her, because I have something you don't. And that would be that could be the hybrid ability like in actuality his inhumanity is the thing that causes her him to rebel against her in something she's using to try and control the humans so it can't control the hybrid part of him or the host part of him um so that kind mm -hmm. of fits into that as well. And we never found out what he has that, that she doesn't because- Yeah, well, then... I, was, I kept waiting for that to pay off and then they just never went back to it. And they blew up a whole bunch of shit. So we never got yeah. the answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I was glad that he, he was able to disobey and shot MIB. And I love the line you typed into your notes, Gina. Oh, <laughs> it was um, a, a early 90s Chumbawamba <laughs> reference. MIB gets knocked down. He gets got up again. Is Maeve ever going to bring him down? Because <laughs> he, he just like goes down. down. But he gets, he up, gets up again. again. <laughs> oh, man. That, anyway. That whole scene. Yeah. Oh. I was mad he got up. Like, dude. Oh my gosh. He's like I mean, that's some texture Loris has got going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Um hmm. so is there anything else we want to talk about when it kind of comes to Maeve, Caleb? Charloris, uh, MIB. The one thing I will say is I hate Charloris. I hated Charlotte Hale. Mm. I hate Charloris. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand this character in that body. <laughs> <laughs> She's just always rotten and snotty and arrogant okay. and evil. Yeah. I was looking at my notes. I have two questions. So when they were doing the flashbacks to the lighthouse, um, Maeve says, well, that's the last of Rehoboam. Um, so 
Okay, I'm confused as to how that was Rehoboam because that wasn't Rehoboam. <laughs> that wasn't the Rehoboam that was where Sirach was that they already took At down. Insight. Yeah, in yeah. LA. Yeah, that so, was very confusing. I was I had thought I mean until I read that in the captions cuz I thought she said Rehoboam and then when I saw it on the captions I was like, "Okay, I did not mishear that." Cuz I thought maybe it was like I had written down in the notes, maybe since we saw Solomon and we had seen Rehoboam that um, perhaps it was one of the other prior iterations, the uh, David or Saul, but she said Rehoboam and I was like, well, that's weird. So do you guys have any, I, I doubt that this is like anything that matters, but it bothered me. <laughs> uh, I noticed, I, I read that note of yours and I I I appreciate that that was a little confusing because it was to me too. But I think I'm thinking about it from Maeve's perspective. She may not know the history that there was David, then there was Saul, then there was Solomon, then there was Rehoboam. She she may just think that it's all this Rehoboam shit, and this is the last of this Rehoboam shit that we're finally getting rid of. But as far as what yeah. it actually was, yeah, I think it was either a backup. Or maybe it was like a node of a network of where Rehoboam was the mother, but that maybe there were other uh, units in like different continents around the world or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was some piece of it. I kind of think of it like um, in a way like a data center where you might have um failover capabilities that makes There's, sense you know kind of like and it seemed like it yeah. was smaller too did you guys think it was smaller than the giant one that was in the insight building it looked smaller yeah that would make sense i couldn't tell really but if, if it probably was smaller if it was one of those prototypes mm -hmm. okay and the other question i had about them that that group of people was um MIB tells Maeve he's a different sort of host, says he took care of all of her friends. So who do you guys think that that accounts for? Like, I know, like Clementine, but like she was with him earlier this season. So, but I guess if it's been the 20, no, it hadn't been this, it hadn't been that additional 23 years yet. So. Yeah, it had been like seven or so. Yeah, that made me sad to hear that because my first thought was Lawrence. Mm -hmm. and it, th that line could mean that Lawrence is dead, but I really, I'm really holding out hope that maybe he, he could like be hiding out somewhere kind of like Maeve was hiding out in the mountains and maybe he's just kind of waiting for, for his next mission or next step along the way. Um, but it also could mean that he's dead. I mean, I'm trying to think of other hosts that we've seen. Um, uh, well, let's see. Musashi, Hanyaro. Um, uh, and I think else? she she probably knows and or assumes that um, Subs and Bernard are out there somewhere. So even though they've been kind of inactive <laughs> for that seven years. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. She could well, still think that he took them out too. Oh, that's point. true. Or he could just be lying. Right, or he could be in the dark about, yeah. Like, yeah, which makes me feel better about Lawrence because he may have been in the dark about Bernard and Stubbs. And he may have been in the dark about were. Lawrence too. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I do have one more question. It's at the end of my <laughs> notes for them. So when, um, when Caleb runs away from Charloris, he runs through the Olympiad entertainment lobby. So what do you, I know you guys have thoughts on this cause I saw it in the notes. <laughs> um, so it looked like where Christina is. Um, but I think, I think neither, I'm not sure which of you or both of you, I feel like both of you might've said you didn't think he was in the same place that Christina is. Um, it was weird because it definitely, it seemed like it was either a total simulation or it had to be a park. Now, I know the tower made a noise, but it's like that guy told him, watch it, pal, kind of like the guy that you run into in the beginning of Westworld, <laughs> acts mm -hmm. like he's going to shoot you or oh. whatever. So I don't know if that was the same person. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go back and well, check, I, but I think all the people that were frozen were people were humans. Yeah. Okay. So you agree. think they were all flied humans? Yes. Yes. And so, I believe. Okay. Go ahead. Tell me I'm what sorry you think about interrupt. this. I, no, no, no. I didn't really, I, I, I think he's like supposed to be in that same city. Um, though it looks like New York, not, anywhere in California to me, but I, I, you know, they well, were in the park in California, but it's, it could be a simulation completely for him as well. Honestly, <laughs> but I do think it was flight humans as well. Cause they stopped. Yeah. At the tower. And I think they were being controlled by the tower, but I don't think the flight humans can see the see nor hear the tower. They're just controlled by it. Kind of right. like the hosts cannot see anything that would harm them back in mm -hmm. Westworld. That doesn't look like anything to me. Exactly. Yeah. So my opinion is that Caleb and Christina are, are not exactly in the same place because I think Caleb is in the physical city and Christina is in a simulation of the city. Okay. But the same city. But it's the same city, and I yes. think it's a city that Halebot built. And I'm gonna, I think I'm going to uh, piggyback on. I think it was Andy, Andy's theory that this could be the the land that they were buying up around Hoover Dam. She could have built this city mm. there, and that's okay. why it looks it looks like it's on the water. Mm -hmm. But if you actually freeze frame the very end of that that scene at the at the end of the episode, I think you can see some terrain in the far distance like cliffs or whatever like they might be in the middle of a desert but it kind of looks like manhattan like in the middle of the desert or something so I i'm think, gonna have to go back and like stop that scene so yeah. i can see that <laughs> so i think it's supposed to kind of look like new york but i think it's actually a city that she built right there near hoover dam somewhere okay maybe that's an awful lot of city to build in 30 years that's years. true that's i kind of feel like she took over a city or yeah. maybe some of the key metropolitan areas in general um i would believe that as well yeah um but i do i i too think this is two separate realms that christina is in that mirror world still yes um the only thing that makes me semi-question that is when she unveils the painting and she says, 
does that look like anything to you? Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> and it, it kind of triggered me back to the, that doesn't look like anything to me type of thing. And then I'm like, well, oh, it was definitely meant to, because yes. that's oh, exactly yeah. what yeah. it made me think of too. But <laughs> then it made me think, well, what if they are in this Caleb real world and that tower is there and they just don't freaking notice it because it doesn't look like anything to them. Well, I think, I think that's a testament to how good the simulation of the yeah. mirror in the mirror world is, is because I think they are in, I still believe that they are in Solomon's mirror world, but I believe that the mirror it, world is so accurate that you have a bunch of humans walking around it that can't see the tower except occasionally you hear someone like the homeless man who's kind of waking up or, right. or, or maybe can hear or see something sometimes. But, but Christina but, painted it exactly yeah. like to the so, T. Yeah. Well, and, well and, she's, well, she's kind of waking up too. And right. she also saw those drawings in the um, mental sure hospital. So she could have been kind of subconsciously drawing what she saw. And if outliers are more aware to begin with, even if it's in their world, they might be more apt to see it because they, I think that's one of the reasons they went under is they're kind of more aware to begin with. Yes, I agree with that. So, so speaking of the tower and people who've been flied and Christina, uh, how about Maya and her story <laughs> she tells her? So I, I honestly, I totally thought from the beginning um, when I heard her telling that, that she was probably a child who was flied and she's having memories or flashbacks in her dreams of her parents being flied and they died as a result. I mean, I, that was ex immediately what I thought. And she's mm -hmm. part of that generation that the lost gener the generation that was lost or whatever, or, you know, one of the children that, you know, I guess they're, they're not the lost generation. They're the first generation. Their parents would have been the lost generation, I guess. I'm not sure. Well, it could go either way because generation loss would mean you're losing a generation of conscious humans as well if they've been taken over True. by the slide True. parasite. It's multiple, multi-layered yeah. title. It, it fits her character perfectly, whether, whether, that's, whether she really dreamed that or, or that's the story that she's wanting to relay to Christina right now. I'm not sure, but it does fit that if you're a human waking up in that world, you might start having dreams about how your parents were flied. True. And, you know, witnessing that. Yeah, I initially, sorry, I, I just, just real quick. I, I initially had thought that she was being used to manipulate Christina, but I, um, I guess it's still a manipulation of Christina, but in a different way. I thought she was being used as a bad manipulation of Christina, but I've been leaning more and more towards, I feel like she's, um, part of the Christina waking up team. That's my own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with, I'm, I'm on that train and I'm going to, I'm going to dive into a theory a little bit later about that. Um, I, um, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to get into it yet because I think I want to talk about Teddy first. Cool. Okay. Cause I, I do have some thoughts on Maya. I, I just want to say that if she's, if she's been woken, 
And I have a weird feeling she's the person the resistance is going in to extract. It wouldn't necessarily make sense if she's an outlier, she would have been in cold storage or whatever prior mm-hmm. to the fly event. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but it does, it does make me wonder if these outliers, if they're kind of in a mirror world and Christina's there with them, Dolores, AKA is in there with them. If it mirrors the existing world, then some of what happened in that existing world is going to start penetrating the outliers through the mirror world, right? Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be out of it wouldn't be of hurt unheard of for them to have a dream about some of the fly events, considering that happened in the real world and it would kind of have evolved itself into the mirror world. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I yeah, like I see it. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would be a dream of a real human living in that world, not, not, not necessarily an, right. an outlier who, who has been isolated from the real world well, living in that humans, simulation. But, but I do, <laughs> I do want to mention one more thing, and my wife caught this, so I want to give her all the credit in the world, is that when um, Maya told Christina that they should go out later that night, right after she saw the painting with the tower, she said that she needed a night off. She didn't say she needed a night out. <laughs> so it's almost like she's she's working and she needs to take a break. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you know she's working on Christina is what I'm saying and and she mm-hmm. needed a break from that kind of thing. So and she did kind of look back at that painting with this strange expression like mm-hmm. oh it's happening and she looked mm-hmm. at Teddy and Christina with another kind of strange ex- expression. So it could be as we kind of originally thought that she's some type of trigger monitor companion to OG Dolores prime masses, Christina. Anyway, Maya, I think we'll find out more next week. Hopefully clip in the original office, (laughs) Microsoft office. (laughs) My God. Oh, that's a flashback. I remember that little guy. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I I gotta throw some fun little bullshit in here from time to time. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Do you have anything else about Maya either? Well, you're gonna go into it later, Brett, but should we just go there now into into Teddy and Christina so we kind of transition there? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, well, what did y'all think of the, the Teddy scene? Mm-hmm. I love he him. So happy. <laughs> I texted Gina when I was watching that episode. I love Teddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's. I, uh, I thought that was really cool. I yeah. was so happy, and when they put his name up as Teddy Flood, I was like, "Yes," because I said that earlier this season. He will always be Teddy to me, and he's still Teddy. <laughs> he is. And it was so sweet. And the lines, I mean, some of it was exactly verbatim what he said in Westworld, but it was just, it was just so sweet. Yeah. And her little lipstick. As soon as it started rolling on the floor, I'm like, here I'm it comes. Go my theory uh-huh. here, if I may. Go yeah. ahead. 
Um, so my theory is that yes, the Teddy in Christina's world is the real Teddy. And something has always bothered me about Teddy's entrance into the virtual Eden. He wasn't given a choice. If you, if you recall all the other hosts trekked, you know, all the way across the land, you know, on a dream to reach the valley beyond or glory, they had all sorts of names for it because they believed that the world, the world that they were in wasn't the world for them, but that there was a world for them. Mm-hmm. And when they reached the door, they made their own choice and walked through it. Teddy, on the other hand, blew his brains out. And then Dolores took uh-huh. his pearl. And then later Dolores made the choice to place his pearl in the port and then beam him into the sublime. So I actually, I rewatched that last scene of him in season two, episode nine. And he says to Dolores, no matter what happens, no matter how I change, you are my cornerstone. You have been since the first time I laid eyes on you. From that day forward, I never wanted to leave your side. I could never hurt you, Dolores. I'll protect you until the day I die. I'm sorry, I can't protect you anymore. And then he shot himself. So now we have Bernard entering the sublime. So suppose he interacts with Teddy and suppose he gives Teddy the choice that Dolores never gave him. Do you want to stay here living in a paradise of your own making? Or do you want to follow me out and help Dolores? Yeah. And the decision almost seems like a no-brainer. I mean, she's his cornerstone. Her world is his world. He's going to try to help Dolores. Mm-hmm. So my theory is that Bernard, when he exits the sublime, he has already uploaded the, the quote, Teddy program. And then he'll be downloading it into Solomon's mirror world later, as soon as they can connect to it. So, and which means this Christina timeline we've been seeing is actually like slightly in the future of the current Bernard timeline, but probably not by much. Um, and also, since it's a simulation, as soon as we get there, since time flows so slowly, you're basically linked up anyway. But suppose, so if the Christina timeline hasn't started yet, then that means the Maya-Christina interactions haven't happened yet. So part two of my theory, and Gina is on board with this, the outlier that the revolutionaries are going to extract is Maya. So suppose Maya is an outlier that escaped from her pod somehow. I'm not sure how. Maybe there's people in Sonora like Lawrence or, or another, you know, contingent um, who helped her escape. I'm not sure, but regardless, let's assume that she's out there in the desert and they got to go get her out of the desert before a drone hunts her down. And maybe she's even like in bad shape. She needs medical assistance. Okay. Well, now we know the resistance has Maeve, the secret weapon on their side. So maybe Maeve can help Maya, or maybe they can be able to use Maya somehow. So what if the Maya in Christina's world is actually Maeve interacting with Christina? Because suppose Maeve can hack into Maya's limbics while she's in this state and control Maya's composite inside the simulation. So the Maya that we're seeing interacting with Christina in the mirror world is actually Maeve. 
So that would kind of work with the whole line earlier about Maya saying that she needed a night off instead of a night out. Maybe this is Maeve and she's been working hard this whole time and she needed a break. So she passed the baton to Teddy for the night. And now Teddy's going to take over the work for trying to wake Christina up. Interesting. So I thought that was, I don't I thought that was a fun idea that just maybe like, it would make sense that Maeve, you know, if they're all on this team together, if Maya's trying to wake Christina up, Teddy's trying to wake Christina up, Maeve is on the team. We saw her hack into Caleb's limbics this episode. We know or we think we understand the relationship between the mirror world and the real world are these implants that people have. I think that's how Rehoboam could influence people. So perhaps they're connected and she can actually hack into that, th those limbics and basically in control or at least influence what the Maya composite is doing inside the simulation. Interesting. I, I'm, I'm definitely on board with the Bernard giving Teddy the opportunity to come out of the sublime with him to, to Dolores. I'm a bit more of a question mark about Maeve controlling. <laughs> well, yeah, about Maeve kind of controlling Maya. Like the night off thing is is one line, but I just feel like we would have seen more Maeve come through in yeah, Maya. I agree. If, if that had been the case, because she's so dry Did you post this and witty. on Facebook, Britt? I did, did not. Somebody... No. I swear, I read something like this. It was it was a post saying that someone thought that Maeve was inside Teddy. Okay. Yes. So. Yeah, I think um, someone talked about that on the deep. That's dive. what it was. That's what it was. Somebody thought, and and I was thinking, but this the same kind of applies here because I feel like like Gina said earlier that um, more of Maeve would have come through because her personality is very strong. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will buy that. And um, I will say that I do have an alternate theory that's even crazier that I can get into. That was, Lay like, it on that us. That was right. my that was my tame theory. <laughs> um, my alternate theory is well, it's actually split into two parts. It's the who who is the outlier, and it's the who is controlling Maya are two different questions. I'll start with the who is controlling Maya. So this might be out there, but if, if it is true that we are in Solomon's mirror world, I know that's a big if, but it I would still stand, like that theory, Brett, by the way. Oh, thank too. you. Yeah. It would stand to reason that we could see Jean Me as a character in here. That's Sirach's brother. Um, that's true. He is, he is the, the most prominent of all the outliers. He was actually the mastermind behind Solomon Rehoboam on all their prototypes, according to Sirach. Um, so perhaps he has some position of authority within this mirror world, and he's actually controlling narratives, kind of like Christina is controlling narratives. Perhaps he's controlling Maya's narrative. Perhaps Maya is a non-player character being controlled by him, 
and he understands that Christina is the key to for all for the the freedom of all of them because they are all physically trapped she is the one that's actually she's the only one that's actually not physically trapped there in a pod so it could be that maybe he's he's in the game trying to wake her up oh interesting yeah i could also see if he is a character if we see him as a character in this world he could also be an adversary to uh christina if if his if his core drive is with rehoboam's algorithm um then he's he he, he could be on board with sirak's idea of keeping the outliers there but or it could be that he wants his freedom back. <laughs> so it depends on where his loyalties are, but it would be interesting if he were a character that popped up. So it's totally weird, strange side thing that you made me think of. I don't know if either of you or any of the other listeners uh, watched the Umbrella Academy, but I just watched the last two episodes of the most current season last night and <clears throat> you're theory about him being some sort of adversary like or running running things <laughs> mm -hmm. made me think of a scene at the very end and I'm not going to spoil it but anyone who's seen that episode will know what I'm talking about because you oh. made me totally think about that person in mm -hmm. that in, in a in an alternate uh universe and so <laughs> the whole simulation thing or mirror world it was funny anyway that's interesting, Brett. Well, I think, yeah, I think that would be. Um, so the, so also have a, a really out there theory about who the outlier could be because <laughs> it was referred to as a she. Mm -hmm. So what if the outlier that they're going to extract is Emily? Now, Emily, as we recall, is William's daughter. And there was always a question as, as to whether the Emily that we saw in season two was a host or not. We know that William thought she was a host and it, it, there were several odd things that occurred. The fact that she found him in the first place in the middle of a gigantic park is for one. Um, there, was a, there was a quick line about her, him being confused that she loved elephants and his wife hated elephants or vice versa or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is that the last time we saw her was on the beach at the end of season two. Her corpse was on the beach. It was next to there. There were there were a bunch of there were body bags on the beach, and there were also hosts that had been fished out of the flooded forge area that were not obviously in body bags. They were just kind of stacked on top of each other. But she was just lying there, and her. Her body was pretty pristine for someone who had been there for two weeks or so. Because if, mm -hmm. if we recall, the, the timeline was that it, it should have been, we, I remember the timeline, there was a timestamp of 11 days ago is roughly when this, when this occurred uh, because of the fact that they, they the, um, if you remember Carl Strand's men, one of them pulled out the control unit of a ghost nation mm -hmm. uh, body and realized uh, 11 days ago is when Dolores was here. Well, that was right around the same time that William shot Emily, give or take maybe a day. 
And then after that, of course, you had the whole kill and replace plot with Hale, uh, you know, duping Carl Strand's team, getting back into the forge, yada, yada, yada. So there's about two weeks there. There definitely should have been some decay on her body if she was a real human. It could have been an oversight by the writers. I'm willing to accept that. But it's it's also an it was a totally unnecessary like two second scene. They didn't if they didn't even include that scene, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it. But so I mean, we obviously William at the time thought she was a host, and then later William obviously thought she was a human because he was distraught, miserable, and decided to hold a funeral for her. Mm -hmm. Referred to earlier this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know she was she was there at the funeral. Her her real human body was there. So maybe a, as a part of Ford's game for William, he knew that maybe he even knew that she was like an outlier that was trapped in Sonora, and he knew he could get away with this. So let's suppose. Emily was actually an outlier. The real Emily was actually an outlier the entire time. And that's who we're going to find out. It, I can I can see it. I can see her giving the big old fuck you to dad by being like, I'm going to send my host version of myself into that park and he's probably going to kill me. That's how much he's, you know, crazy, whatever. I'm going to insert myself into outlier world. And it would make sense why she is doing a fidelity test on either a cryo or host William later. And mm -hmm. it would explain why she in the park knew the native's language, because that mm -hmm. seems like something that would have been more programmed versus oh, that's another something good someone would have chosen to learn. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Very good point. Uh, this also opens the possibility that if she's been cryogenically preserved, then the fidelity test could be actually her that she's giving yes, really later exactly. on. They could actually both be humans. Yes. <laughs> if, if we combine our two theories, just way in the future, but they're still both humans. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that was that was my alternate theory of, as far as what's going on with the outlier hunt and then the Maya thing. But to me, that's... <clears throat> Maybe it's not more extreme. They're both pretty out there, let's face it. But this is Westworld. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, crazy <laughs> shit happens on this show. You know, I have, now that we've been talking about it, like if Maya, if someone is controlling Maya, Maya almost seems more like a Clementine than a Maeve to me. Just kind of a little worn down and weary and needing a night off. That sound, That feels more like a Clementine to me. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's possible or not, but yeah. Yeah. I, I can't see how it's possible, but maybe. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's tough. It's tough to make a connection there as far as who she is. I just don't think we have enough info. Yeah. Maybe she's just a real live outlier. Yeah. Or may, uh, hell, maybe Christina's like writing her own story in a way too. That was that was my before I saw Teddy in the flesh here, or not in the flesh in the simple. <laughs> I, I was thinking that maybe he was just a character that she kind of created, but after seeing him in the episode, he was totally like enlightened Teddy. Like I'm convinced that that's the real Teddy 
that was pulled out of the virtual Eden somehow. And it just makes sense that Bernard would have done that. Well, and this virtual Teddy would probably have a memory of the whole um, blue tongue conversation oh. and burning things down to get rid of the flies and the infected oh. herd. Yes, of course. And that reminds me of a quick line at the very beginning when her boss wanted her to make her stories more violent and salacious. And he said, what happened to that schmuck that was stalking the girl? How did that story end? And she said, everyone died. <laughs> and that could be the story that we're witnessing right now. The beginning of the story was the poor schmuck stalks the girl. The end of the story is everyone dies. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Also, in another, in the parallel Westworld universe, in some ways, you could say that William came back to the park time after time after time, initially to stalk Dolores. Because mm. he was obsessed with her until he mm -hmm. finally got bored. That's true. And then a lot of people died, not necessarily everyone, although eventually everyone with the flying. <laughs> well, but not everyone, the not, kids yeah. survived, but, right. but maybe they have to burn is, is the, obviously the analogy with the, with the blue tongue. Ooh, having to burn everyone would lead to the, well, the to that's the total population collapse maybe. Or that happened? I don't know. I think <laughs> there's a lot so of so you guys talking about the burning going on. <laughs> yes, you're talking about the burning, and and I've mentioned to you in the notes and in our texts about you know I I've like I keep trying to bring the the opening sequence, the intro where you know the music plays and the opening credits um, into all of this, and you know the the thing that looks like it's probably like a Rehoboam thing. I had pointed out that it kind of looks like a fly's eye and different mm -hmm. things about the way. So the, the cells where all the people are individually pushing against the walls and then it kind of pans out and it winds up looking like Rehoboam or again, a fly's eye. But when they're all standing there and they're pushing against the cells, it's like they're trying to escape and then fire comes up below them. And I think the, that those may be representative of the people who are trapped via the, the fly wrist or the parasite or whatever you want to call it, the fly inning mm -hmm. <laughs> like that. Um, and, and yeah, they're going to have to be burned. That's, you know, the, the flames are coming up. I mean, we've said that we've, the three of us at least have been yeah. saying that at least the last couple of weeks about that we think that it's going to have to burn to to get them <clears throat> to to kill it and that's going to be what brings the whole population collapse about or and etc cetera, etc cetera. so i don't know it's just more stuff it just is all tying in as that, we get further along that i that theory it, it seems to jive, but another theory that seems to jive is that the fact that Maeve can control this tower. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's how she is the weapon. Mm -hmm. We saw a glimpse of it earlier in the episode. And I wanted to mention that Andy had a screenshot on Facebook mm -hmm. that showed that Maeve 
um, made herself go deaf before she manipulated the tower so that she wouldn't be affected by the shock wave. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I actually caught that on my first watch this time. <laughs> oh, excellent. Which makes me wonder, can she make other her ally hosts deaf too? Or is this how Bernard is going to die if Bernard is convinced that he's going to die? Um, I don't know, but the she seems to be a weapon to control this tower which seems to be part of the plan i don't know how that ties into maybe burning everyone as part of the plan um maybe they're connected somehow anyway just just a couple of different theories there yeah we haven't talked about bernard and Stubbs and the mad max crew yet so we should probably hit on that before we wrap uh, up yeah okay you just brought you know bernard up so <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean in some ways i think we've almost covered everything i think i it, know it was they, yeah. they were a very small part i only had a little bit of notes on them uh, this episode but you know we did get confirmation that c is in fact cookie or cranky or <laughs> frankie, frankie or <laughs> caleb's <Yeah>. daughter <laughs> Yeah, I had I had a question. Um, there there was an exchange between Stubbs and Bernard that that was a little confusing. Stub, this is when uh, they were splitting up the teams and they were going to take Stubbs as collateral. And Stubbs said, "I have to go with them." Bernard said, "For safety." And Stubbs says, "Well, at least I'll be safe." And Bernard said, "I didn't mean yours." <laughs> I just took that to mean that Bernard does not give a shit about Stubbs's safety. Like, and he does not, not even a little bit. Okay. I feel bad okay. for Ashley. But, but who is he referring to? <laughs> Whose safety? Stubbs might end up protecting the others he's going with, actually, yeah. on the extraction right. mission exactly. and ah. whoever they extract. Or mm -hmm. maybe Bernard obviously knows who this outlier is if he knows. Right. Oh, I'm sure right he does. Now. Oh, I'm sure so he does too. Maybe he's referring to the safety of the outlier that they're going to extract. Yeah, but it's just funny because he he definitely does not care about sub state safety. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. <laughs> I had another question about what the hell was with that beetle. That I wondered that too, Brett. Yeah. Maybe he was looking at it to see if it was some type of actual bug you know, like an electronic beetle bug, or if it was, because if, if the flies can spread a parasite and maybe they're programmed to do that in a way, I know they're real flies, but still we're in Westworld and you it honestly has to anything. mean something <clears throat> Yeah, because they would not have made a point of him digging down in the sand, finding the beetle, looking at the beetle, then the beetle flies off. Like <laughs> That was uh, unnecessary if it didn't maybe, mean anything. Is it possible that Maeve still had enough juice left in her buried body to like control a little electronic beetle like and kind of direct hmm. them in her direction? I don't know. I just thought of that. I don't know. Um, I just assumed it was like he said, because when when Frankie asked him, how'd you know where it, was, where it was supposed to be? He said, trial and error. And then I've dug everywhere else. <laughs> so so he's, he's already done this in all the other iterations yeah. in his brain. And he was very this was confident the, mm -hmm. that, that uh, Frankie was going to chase him down and cover him just in time with the, with the tarp thing. 
He definitely yeah. was. Otherwise, they would have been screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of really exercising his knowledge of the f- future in some dick move ways. <laughs> <Honestly>. I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, he's so rude to Stubbs and then just like walking out there like, well, I wrote, why does Bernie just walk out there like he doesn't have a brain or a pearl in his head? <laughs> That's kind of funny. For some reason, he has to be a dick. Like, it's the only path that saves humanity. <laughs> I love Bernard, but. <laughs> oh, hopefully he's not the biggest dick involved with this whole production. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think if the other guys talked about anything. I think, I feel like we covered off the theories that I thought were interesting. Um, I think Andy had a lot of good stuff this week that seems to at least kind of synergize with a lot of the stuff that, that you think Brett and that we kind of think collectively. Um, Yeah. For sure. He had another quick screenshot that apparently Caleb's coordinates he put in when he was trying to get uh, his his people was um, Semi Valley, California. Yeah. So I suppose that's the site of the Temperance Park, which is obviously not the land that they were purchasing around the Hoover Dam. Right. In, in episode one. That's yeah. about a five hour drive or so from both hoover dam and from sonora if if you're um you know if you're thinking that maybe all of these locations are going to be relevant they're all kind of within driving distance of each other you know for the resistance yeah no and that's that's interesting in seeming valleys and like close proximity to los angeles like i could see that being just a train right away so that Mm -hmm. that location completely makes sense um, very interesting. I had a question about Caleb too. Just going back, um, this fidelity test. Do you think that he, this is the same uh, fidel? This is the same thing that all of the um, kill and replace hosts went through, it's like the California senator and all of these other politicians. Did they have to go through something similar like this before they could? be an adequate replacement? And is that what Caleb is now? Is he just a, a replacement? Or well, is it, or is he a different, is he special? Like, which I kind of think that he has the, the red pearl in his head instead of the gray pearl. But I also wonder, maybe this is the exact same thing that this is just what happens when she has to kill and replace somebody. You know, if it, go ahead. Go ahead. If, okay. okay. I I can't keep my throat from being gross this evening. I'm sorry, y'all, for having to listen to me like this. Um, I feel like I don't know how long the senator and his wife had been, like, hosted. (laughs) Um, But if it was a copy that Charloris made of herself, a la Dolores, that she just put basic programming in there to make them behave the way that she wanted them to behave. I don't know that they necessarily had to have like true fidelity testing because I don't know that she necessarily needed them to 
uh, maintain the personalities of the bodies they were uh, inhabiting. But I could be wrong for sure. Agree. I feel like yeah. these hosts are much more like the initial hosts, Dolores Prime created when she left the park, that they weren't designed to be any specific person just to impersonate enough to get by. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. But I, I leave open the door that if, if these fidelity tests are taking place virtually, then she could roll through 278 of these in a day. You know, we, we don't know how, actually how much real time it took for her to build Caleb back, even, even if it did take 278 versions. So maybe it could just be a part of the standard process of building a replacement. But I, I don't think so. I, I'm definitely leaning towards the Caleb is special and probably a hybrid. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> you know, I've always been against the hybrid thing. I'm like, I believe that it's possible, but it's not what I want it to be. So I'm, I'm always a little bit of a naysayer on that. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out pretty quick if he's like enslaved, like if he, if he's just do, doing Hale Lot's bidding for her, or if he's mm -hmm. actually the real Caleb fighting back against her. Um, I also wonder if he might hit a cognitive plateau at some point. They, he, they think he's a faithful enough copy, but he still kind of hits that James Delos plateau where he can't get back past it. I also feel like he may be kind of on a leash. Um, you know, he, he can try and fight back, but he's only able to do so much. Kind of like how Maeve was in Sorok's simulation last season. Like... He, he thinks he's doing what he wants to do, <laughs> but he's on a leash and he can't really uh, stray too far from what. So I'm hoping that that is not the case or that he's able to actually break free, but I just worry. Yeah. Well, we can't underestimate Maeve doing whatever she can to him doing to help Maeve him things, doing yeah. her Maeve thing, whether he's hybrid, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I think Whatever he's he most is. likely a host at this time, but I'm more, I, I would be more happy if he's sort of a hybrid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, that's, that's where I am. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that's what it is. I, I, I want know. him to be human. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well. But that's not a likely scenario. Oh, well. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. So do we think that we've covered everything? I feel Is like it? I covered pretty much everything I, I wanted to talk about. Are you sure, Brett? That sounded a little iffy. <laughs> I'm never sure. I'm not, okay, one more quick thing. You, you always drag me in one more minute. I'm like, you did not sound certain, buddy. You did not sound certain at all. <laughs> All right, one more quick theory that has very little basis on anything except my hopes. Hailbot has a satellite emitting sonic waves to control the rest of the humans that are not within that city that's under the tower's influence. 
So this opens the possibility that they're going to need to go to space to destroy the satellite. <laughs> now, could there be could there be any humans living in, in space stations or perhaps in a moon colony in this futuristic Earth? Why not? I mean, well, you and maybe and they Axel, haven't been flied if they're up there. You and Axel have been on the space trip. <laughs> for a while now you know i think I, andy's even on it too. i'm i'm on it too because remember when we saw the, the missile the, or whatever the rocket ship mm -hmm. going up it looked like it was more like transportation versus yeah. just launch so yeah. i think it's entirely possible that you know that is that is a little thing they've left dangling like why did they show that in the background there had to have been, just like the beetle there had to have been a reason that they showed that so i'll give you yeah. a little a little <laughs> of course the reason could always be just to fuck with us you That's just true, never know true true that's very true okay who wants to take us out oh do it brett all right. Well, thanks for joining us this week, y'all. It's been a blast. I know I had a, a lot to talk about, and it was a lot of fun. So uh, looking forward to discussing the next episode, episode five. I'm not sure what the title is, but basically the first episode of the second half of the season, which is kind of like I guess it's the first episode that hasn't been screened by anybody. So it's, it's kind of like it opens like a whole new realm here for us. So looking forward to the second half of the season. And that's all I got. So what do you say, Jenny? Uh, the name of the episode next week is a word that I cannot pronounce. That is spelled oh. Z H U A N G Z I. I would attempt it as Zhuangzi. Oh but boy. I do not know. Anyway, uh, it's been great chatting with you guys this evening, and I look forward to our episode next week and talking to you guys again then. All right. That's a wrap, folks. Peace out. Say howdy to your moms for me. <laughs> <laughs>